This is our first service in the coronavirus era. Things have really changed quickly, and we suddenly find ourselves meeting in a different way. And you are at home or maybe at somebody else's house, and we are actually recording this earlier, although we will probably do some sermons live. We want to continue the series on evangelism that Jay has planned for us. And today we want to talk about a very important passage which I think has some real relevance for us here uh, in terms of applying to the issues that are going on in our culture and our world and how we react. We're being bombarded in the news with information uh, about how many cases, uh, how many deaths, how many countries, and it's all very overwhelming. And I'd like you to keep that in your mind, which you would be anyway, as we work through this. What we want to do, and our reading is based on 2 Timothy chapter 2, uh, and 2 Timothy is Paul's farewell if you want to think of it that way. Uh, he mentions the fact that he is in chains. And that's kind of interesting because in the prison epistles, like Philippians, he also mentions being in chains, but it's a different situation and there's a different tone to what he says. It's obvious in Second Timothy that he's awaiting death. He knows that he's about to die. Uh, and so we have that beautiful passage uh, where he he talks about the fact that he's reaching the end uh, and that he knows that it's about to come. Uh, and so Second Timothy is understood to be as, as his last letter. And it's significant that he chose to write this to Timothy. Timothy was the young evangelist that uh, he had worked with and taught. Uh, you know, I, I like to use the word mentored. Uh, Timothy traveled with Paul, and then Timothy became very much of what we'd call a, a troubleshooter, where Paul could send him into different situations or send him as a representative. There's a very close personal relationship. And I, I'd like you to imagine from Timothy's perspective that this older man that he has loved and worked with is dying and how difficult it is for us, even when we know there's a great hope in the future, it's difficult to say goodbye and to realize that in this life we may not see uh, a person a whole lot more. Paul wants to encourage Timothy. He doesn't want him to get really down and depressed and sad about this. But the thing is, Timothy, some things that Paul says to Timothy in his two letters, you know, God, he says, did not give us the spirit of timidity, uh, but of power, love, and self-discipline. Uh, that it appears that Timothy has kind of been losing steam. Uh, we use the term burned out, that he's overloaded, and he may not be quite 
the individual that he was. Uh, and so he tells Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Don't be put down. Uh, important idea. Uh, but then also tells him to rekindle the gift that's in you through the laying on of my hands. You know, that, that Paul had bestowed spiritual gifts to Timothy. And Timothy has even let those die down. Uh, and so it's kind of a sad picture, you know, when you think about it. Paul knows that he's about to die. Uh, doesn't know the when, per se, but he knows he's about to die. And wants to commission Timothy. The word that we like to use is the word charge him to get back into doing everything that he needs to be doing. But Timothy is low, maybe depressed. Uh, and so Second Timothy is Paul trying to uh, stir him back up. And so in chapter 2 begins, and this is right before our reading, uh, Paul tells him to be strong. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Now, sometimes we get an admonition like that. You know, somebody says to us, you know, like we're down and somebody says, buck up. You know, feel better. Great. That really helps, doesn't it? Uh, it just doesn't work that way. So that's not all that Paul says, but to try to move toward this charge that he wants to give him, be strong in the Lord. You know, be strong in his grace. But it's not a physical strength that he's talking about. it. so to help communicate that, Paul uses three images here in these opening verses of the chapter that I think are really very interesting. The, uh, he uses the picture um, of a soldier, of an athlete, and a farmer. And these three images together... Uh, show, number one, the effort that Timothy is need, going to need to invest in the work that he's doing. Secondly, uh, the commitment that it takes. You know, you think of the work of the, of the, the soldier, the athlete, and the farmer. Uh, there's a major commitment uh, that they have to do. And, and there's a sacrifice. There's a, a price that has to be paid. So, Timothy, be ready to pay the price for what you have to do. And so the charge to Timothy then appears in verse 15. And we're probably all familiar with these verses. And he says, Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. Now think about that. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, and who correctly handles the word of truth. I want to give you a kind of an acronym, three letters, C-A-F, CAF. Uh, and it's not a memorable acronym. There's nothing distinctive about it, nothing uh, 
that you necessarily would remember, but I, I hope more that you will remember the ideas that are involved with that. Uh, because what Paul is describing for Timothy in, in this verse is the kind of disciple, the kind of evangelist, the kind of Christian that Timothy needs to be. All right, so the C is credible. The word credible means believable. Uh, somebody who can be believed and can be trusted. One of the things that's very important as we think about evangelism, as we talk about sharing Christ with other people, that we have to come across and communicate Christ in a way that is believable to people. Uh, Sometimes we see religious people who go out in a way that is just too artificial, too unreal, too fake, uh, too contrived. You, know, you, you can add your own words there, but it just doesn't work. It's not real. And if it doesn't seem real, <coughs> excuse me, then it will not be credible. It will not be believable. So after the C, the A is accurate. And to think about, that's what Paul has actually said to Timothy is about the way he handles the Word of God. Handle it accurately, rightly. And that's important. We'll talk a little bit more about that in just a sec. And then third, to be faithful. You know, growing up in the church, I heard the word faithful a lot. And for a lot of the old timers, the word faithful was used in a way that simply said that somebody was at church all the time. They're faithful. Well, that's not what faithfulness is. Faithfulness is larger than that. Now, when you talk about being faithful, let me give you an example of what I think is one of the really interesting concerns that the King James Version wording of verse 15, that many of us memorize and probably go through our heads when somebody says 2 Timothy 2.15, we say, study to show thyself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I can't tell you how many sermons I heard about that verse when I was a kid. But the word study, Paul didn't say study, like sit down with your books and pour over them and research. And the word study, as Paul used it, the word that's translated as study in the King James Version, actually has the idea of being diligent to make every effort. It's a word that deals with how hard you try. You're not just coasting. But then the second word in here, the second expression that gets really interesting, is where he says, rightly dividing the word of truth. And I remember when I was young that this was the text that was used to talk about learning the difference between the Old Testament and the New Testament. Huh? 
That's dividing the Old Testament from the New Testament, rightly dividing the word of truth. Is that what Paul said? What did Paul really say here? And there's an interesting thing, and you all know, or most of you all know, that I really love the the insights that the, the Greek that Paul wrote in provide for us. They give us some information here. And that Paul used a word here, orthos. And you may be thinking that that sounds familiar. Okay? If you had a problem with your teeth and they were crooked, you would go to an orthodontist. And that orthos has been brought from Greek into English. And it means straight. And the role of the orthodontist is to make teeth straight. And so what Paul is telling Timothy is to make a straight way with the word of truth. And I think to to contrast that, I want to use three passages here that talk about false teachers. And I think we'll kind of illustrate the point. Peter says in 2 Peter 3.16, false teachers twist the scriptures. Instead of going straight, around here and there and everywhere and you know, and, and one of the things they do is they pull together a passage here and a passage there, and that's one of my favorite uh, illustrations of, of the importance of context and what happens if you don't take passages in context. That uh, you can make the Bible say something it doesn't say by stringing passages together. Well, Paul says, straight. Uh, he says to Timothy, that false teachers turn people away from the truth. And the third one, they distort the truth. That's talking to the elders from from Ephesus when he gives them the charge. Uh, And so you think about the false teachers. They specialize in twisting and turning and changing the word to suit their needs. Uh, One of the things that when... Somebody learns, uh, you know, going to school and, and learning how to really study the Bible. But there are two words that they're taught. One of them is the word exegesis. The other word is asegesis. Uh, exegesis means you read out. In other words, you go into the text, you study it, you learn it, and you pull what it means out. That's what we should be doing. Asegesis is what happens often in the religious world where people read into Scripture. And therefore, they make it say something that was not originally intended. Our study needs to bring us to what God meant when this was written and and preserved for us. So, we are to be credible. We are to be accurate. And faithful with God's word. All right, why does this matter? I'm hoping that you realize how obvious the answer is, and I could just say, okay, well, you filled in the invite. But let's not just leave it unsaid. All right, Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy, watch your life and doctrine carefully or closely. Notice the two things. Watch your life 
and your teaching. So, how we live and act influences our example and our message. If we want to share Christ, we need to be living lives and teaching in a way that is straight, that shows the truth clearly. You know, we don't want people that we teach to discover sometime later that we we lied to them. We told them something that was not true. We want them to come to know uh, the truth. Uh, Paul uh, says to the Corinthians, we have renounced disgraceful, underhanded ways, but by the clear, open statement of the truth, would commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. That's where we need to be and what we need to be doing. And so we need to show faith and courage in our lives, especially in times of difficulty. You know, in this time of of the coronavirus, and in this time where, you know, almost every news item we hear, you know, all the things we see, we see the stores closing, we see the sports closing, we see the world changing. And in a way getting smaller and smaller because our world is getting down to just us in our own home. And it would be easy for us to get caught up and distressed by what's going on and what we need to be. And I want to use as an example Psalm 23, where David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. I I shall lack nothing. Makes me lie down in green pastures, restores my soul, leads me beside quiet waters. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Now, you notice what he says here. Not that I will not have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death or that evil will not be there. But I don't have to be afraid. I don't have to be concerned about what may or may not be happening. I have a shepherd who is looking after me and caring for me. And so in the face of the coronavirus and all of the things that are happening, that you know, we, may, we may see some really sad, tragic things happening even here in Winnipeg. We, we see them happening in much of the rest of the world. Yet we have confidence in a father that we can trust in and that we can listen to and that we can follow. So, as we think about what's going on, and as we think about Paul's charge to Timothy, that we need to be uh, credible people. Um, We need to be accurate with God's word. And we need to be faithful to the commission that he gave us. And that needs to show in our lives and how we deal with and face others. Hopefully, as this week comes, that it will be a week of good news. Let's pray for that. Let's pray for one another. Let's pray for uh, courage 
and strength and faith. Thank you.